2: Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me in the studio this week are my colleagues George and Tom and we are of course joined as ever by the man himself, the headliner of the preview show and that is Dave Statman Roberts who will be joining us. With the wonders that is technology with his pre-recorded stats this week. Um, it is, of course, another fixture this weekend. We've had a, a couple of stop starts this season, but we are back. The Clarets are back in championship action at home this coming week. Um, now, before we get into a preview show, we do also have a small matter of the second of this season's Lancashire Derbies, which we held on Tuesday away at Deepdale. Uh George. Welcome to the preview show again. Frustrating but, draw. Oh, sorry. Go
4: on. No, I was going to say good evening, and yeah, very much frustrating draw. I I went up to the game, and it was it's one of those nights. Of, I keep saying that one of those, but it feels like it's becoming routine under yeah. this new this new this new season. It's very much uh, play by script, and um, yeah, it's sort of what will be beco- becoming very much used to. So it wasn't wasn't particularly a, a surprise especially given Preston's defensive record. But it was a bit just, yeah, let's say frustrating because you just had visions of, I don't know, it was getting a winner at our end in the second half, but it wasn't to be.
2: Yeah, I mean, from your perspective, Tom, we've had way too many draws already this season, I think. And it's a bit of a, a strange one in that we're playing possession football and playing sides off the park and are dominating games more than we've ever seen in the longest time at Burnley. But there's no way of getting around the fact that this team is lacking a bit of the colour edge, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame because after the the whole game, I thought we turned a bit of a corner with it. Yeah. We had the wiggin' away. Obviously, we were scoring it well in that one. Um, we, you know, we were getting moving the ball quicker, getting crossed in the box a bit more, and then Millwall was just patient. Uh, you know, uh, a hard time 0-0, But you always felt we had a couple of goals in the second half, and we seemed to have regressed a bit back to what we were doing earlier in the season. The, you know, the the whole game, especially is the one that stands out. Just, just too slow in the build-up. Um, you know, I know that we can't be slinging balls in the box with wooden barns on the end like in days gone by. But you have got to, you have got to try and get the ball over in some way. You know, the goals we scored at Wigan the first two were from you know quick attacking play down the flanks and, and good balls into the box, and we just didn't seem to have that on uh, on uh, Tuesday. So a bit of a worry. But when you think about Preston's defensive record this season, you know, before prior to that game, they'd only conceded one all season. I think they were very happy with the draw, as a lot of teams who, play, who we play this season will be. Probably the difference with that one, maybe you could say that Preston have got one of the best defences in the league. So,
2: yeah. if you look
1: at it from that perspective, I mean, I think we it only conceded one goal. You know, so we doubled that from that. You know, if you look at it like that, uh, just a shame, obviously, we conceded so soon after. But, yeah, I think when a good defensive team that are playing for a point. It's, it's always going to be difficult to break down. downs. And I think Bristol City, uh, coming up on Saturday, they're a lot more open, they're a lot more attacking. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to bounce back and, and get a few goals on Saturday.
2: But how how are we going to change this though, George? How are we going to find a way of breaking down and win, turning these draws into wins for these vast number of, of sides that are going to come to us, particularly at home and park the bus against us?
4: I think it'll be easier at home. I just think you've got more of like, there's more momentum. There's more, I don't know, there's more urgency in a way to go out and and get really onto the front foot. I think we've got to be careful not to, like like Tom says, we'd sort of turned a corner beforehand. Uh, Preston, I'm just looking at the table now, Preston have conceded now two goals uh, all season, right? Bristol City, for example, on Saturday coming up, who we'll talk about later, conceded 14 goals. So it just shows the sort of the, the difference in the sides. We do play week in, week out. We went to Wigan, one 5 0. It wasn't like they were cavaliers and running up the pitch and just letting us score. We managed to break them down. So I think sometimes there are nights where this possession football becomes slow, lackadaisical, yeah. sluggish. But on the flip side, there will be nights where it clicks. And I just. I do think it was a very difficult one to click against Preston. At times, he had six men in the back line and and eight men in the box when you're attacking. And you think, you know what? When we were in the Premier League and we come up against, seems like Liverpool, we did exactly the same. And even them them teams found it hard to break down. Uh, we, we saw last night City, it took a while to break Dortmund down. So, you know, I, I feel like this sort of thing just happens. But that being said, you know, we do need to work on our attacking and there needs to be plan B's and different ways of manoeuvring a goal.
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, hopefully this this uh, next weekend's game will be the one that we do it. Now, before we go on to preview this weekend's fixture, we, of course, have a quiz question which we need to give you an answer to. Prior to that championship fixture against Preston, we asked you the following quiz question. Tom Heaton keep, kept a clean sheet at Deepdale in our 1-0 win in the 2015-2016 promotion season. But prior to that, who was the only other Burnley keeper to keep a clean sheet at Tail this millennium, and what was the year? Tom, did you know the answer to this?
1: No, I don't remember as ever doing very well at Preston. Same. I don't um, <laughs> know Barton scored the 1-0, but other than that, I don't think I've been one of kept a clean sheet, so no, it didn't, didn't spring to mind, unfortunately.
2: Didn't get it. Well, the answer to this question was... Duh, 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 Danny Coyne in a 2005 season in a nil nil draw this week's quiz stars are our usual suspects our super quiz fans they are andrew Blythe, Jan gedileski and also adrian Caton, who i would point out did also get the previous quiz question right and we forgot to mention him i'm gonna say dave oh. forgot to mention him i don't know why he's putting my show notes team we that's, that's that's i'm not taking the blame for that sorry adrian but you get double bonus points this week
1: i just point out as well i mentioned i got that one in the group chat last week and i didn't get a mention on
2: <gasps> oh my goodness what on earth is going on the preview show is falling over we're going to stop getting people sending submissions at all okay then double double brownie points to our colleague tom Whitaker, who also got last week's question right goodness me i'm going to be sweating this from now on to make sure i get everybody covered um OK, well, let's look ahead to this weekend's fixture. It is Bristol City at home at Turf Moor, Saturday the 17th of September, and it is a 3pm kickoff. We're going to hand over to Statman Dave himself, who's going to give us the Championship head-to-head.
5: Burnley have faced Bristol City in the league in 24 previous seasons. Six of those seasons were in the third tier, with the remainder in the second tier. And it's these 18 previous meetings at Turf Moor which we'll be looking at for this regular feature. Unusually, considering Burnley had home advantage, we failed to win any of the first four matches from this list, all of which took place in the 1900s, with two draws and two defeats. But we did improve, slightly, in the following decade. In November 1911, the Clarets, as we had changed our shirt colours from green in 1910, won 4-2. And this was followed by a 2-2 draw in October 1912. Our paths didn't cross again until the 1930s when another 4-2 win at Turf Moor in November 1930 was followed by a 2-1 home defeat in March 1932. Burnley-born Joe Bradshaw, who was the son of former Burnley manager Harry Bradshaw, was the Bristol City manager for both of these matches. The next three second-tier matches between the two teams at Turf Moor all finished as 1-1 draws. Two of those were in the early 1970s, with the other in August 1994, when Wayne Allison's last-minute equaliser earned a point for the visit in Robins. That's 11 matches in our list taken care of, and all of the remaining seven have taken place since 2007. In December of that year, Thomas Vasco scored the only goal in another win for the visitors, but Burnley are unbeaten in the last six league matches at Turf Moor, as well as picking up another victory in the FA Cup in 2017. The victory from May 2009 is the subject of our memory match, but since then we've had a 0-0 draw in September 2010, when shock of all horrors, Graham Alexander missed a 26-minute penalty, And then in April 2012, Danny Ng's 76-minute goal was cancelled out five minutes later by an equaliser from Ryan Taylor in a 1-1 draw. In April 2013, Burnley were 3-1 winners with goals from Jason Shackle, Chris McCann and Martin Patterson. Lee Grant also saved a second-half penalty from Stephen Davis. And in our last championship season, prior to the current campaign, Burnley were 4-0 winners in December 2015, helped by an Andre Gray hat-trick. So, to summarise, from Burnley's 18 previous second-tier games against Bristol City at Turf Moor, there have been 5 Burnley wins, 8 draws and 5 wins for the visitors.
2: Okay, our next feature is, of course, our Played for Both, where we have a look at those players who have featured for both Bristol City and Burnley. Now, before we have a look at this graphic, George, can you think of any off the top of your head? Could you have guessed any of these?
4: I could have definitely guessed um, one, at least, just because... Nicky Wells obviously currently plays for Bristol City. Of quite course. a memorable, memorable player in that we spent five million on him, and it didn't quite work. <laughs> yes. But at the time he came with, you know, he came with a really good reputation. And you know what, he's do, he's done all right since since leaving us. And uh, you know, he's he's quite a he's quite a threat for Bristol City these days when mm. when he comes on. Definitely,
2: um, I don't know if our audio has picked that up, but uh, Mr. Bromley, who is in the other room at None and Ever HQ. Um, is screaming Tom Heaton down the phone at me and uh, of course uh, that's probably the most famous one that you can guess without seeing the ones we of course got Tom Heaton from Bristol City when they got relegated and um, what a signing he turned out to be Um, looking at the rest of these players then Josh Brownhill I didn't get this one Tom did you know that I didn't know that
1: I think did we sign him from Bristol City because that you know that chant he's from Bristol. I mean, we signed him from
2: uh, Bristol. Oh yeah, Boston, there you go.
1: That, the the factual inaccuracy of that chant always annoys me, but I guess that's where it comes from.
2: Very true, very true. He actually had 145 appearances for uh, Bristol City, which is quite good. So some modern names here, as well as Tom Heaton and Josh Brownhill and Naki Wells, we've already mentioned. Um, We have, and I never miss an opportunity to mention this delightful name on the preview show, you know this listeners, is of course one Sam Vaux, who played one appearance for Bristol City. Okay, maybe that's not that. One appearance. Okay, that's odd. I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz that my about that team because I'm not really sure how that's happened. Um and a slightly bit further back, we've got uh Andre BK, Chris Iwelomo, I- 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 is that how you pronounce it? That was borderline painful. I think that's right. Um and of course, going back a little bit to our early uh early promotion years, we have got the delight who is Wade Elliott, Andy Cole, Adi Akimbae. Um, and then from some of our more mature listeners, we've got John Pender. Peter Devine, Junior Bent, Jerry Gow. There's quite a lot, actually, of players who have donned both shirts. So do have a look at that graph that, that Dave's done. I think he's going to put it out on Twitter, listeners. There's some fantastic names there. But I think definitely the player this week, as much as it pays me to say, is the wonderful Tom Heaton. OK, uh, back over to Dave now um, for his pre-record. He's going to give us... Um, his memory match from Burnley for Bristol City 0, the 3rd of May 2009, and he is going to tell us all about that memory match.
5: I've chosen the meeting between the two teams from early May 2009 as this week's memory match. Burnley were in the driving seat to reach the playoffs, but were by no means guaranteed a place in the top six as we went into the last match of the regular season – against Bristol City. Our visitors that day were in mid-table, with no chance of reaching the playoffs, but with no danger of relegation in 10th place. But on the day, they were overcome by a Burnley team, which was determined not only to secure a place in the playoffs, but to hopefully go on to win them as well. It remained goalless until just before half-time, and when Burnley were awarded a 42nd-minute penalty up-stepped Alexander to fire a shot into the roof of the net from the spot for the opener. And there was still time for Wade Elliott to double that lead in the 44th minute. The relief among the home crowd at the interval was palpable and lifted the confidence for the second half. And Burnley didn't look back with further goals from another Greza penalty after 76 minutes following a Bradley-Orham ball and substitute Joey Johnson completed the scoring to make it 4 in the 86th minute. The last day of victory meant that the Clarets went into a two-legged semi-final with Reading full of confidence, and after sweeping them aside, kept their heads at Wembley to overcome Sheffield United, with a memorable goal from Wade Elliott. But if we had lost to Bristol City in the last game of the season in May 2009, then Cardiff City would have taken our playoff place, leading to a very different history of the last decade or so at Burnley Football Club.
2: And you know, listeners, that we don't like to uh, just give a one-sided approach on the previous show. We do also like to give you news from our opposition. So, to give us their thoughts ahead of this weekend's game was Dave from the Forever Bristol City podcast.
0: Hello, Burnley fans. This is David from Forever Bristol City podcast. So, what can you expect from the boys from the West Country this weekend? Well, despite losing at Carrow Road on... Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night. You've had an extra day to recover, haven't you? Uh, it was a good performance at uh, Norwich, and uh, everybody's feeling pretty chipper at the moment. We lost the first two games of the season, but then we came back with an unbeaten run, as I say, ended on Wednesday night. That was six in the league and two cup wins. And uh, yeah, Nigel Pearson, uh, he seems to have finally. Got it together, no doubt about that, and uh, yeah, all looking good. What's the likely lineup going to be? Dan Bentley, obviously in goal, a back three of uh, local product Zach Viner, signed from Luton in the uh, summer, Cal Naismith, and then on the left side, Rob Atkinson, uh, ex Oxford. The two wing backs, Sykes and De Silva, Sykes a summer signing, another one on a free uh, De Silva in the final year of uh, his contract, uh, on the left hand side, in the middle undoubtedly our star prospect destined for the big time alex scott on the right he'll likely to be joined by matty james ex-leicester could be Hanoa masengo there's also joe williams in there ex-wigan and uh, even andy king another ex-leicester player made it on to the bench but it's up front where we've been causing teams problems this season and uh, not least in the form of youngster Tommy Conway, who scored his seventh goal of the season in that game of Norwich. That were not for those errors, we could well have won that. Uh, he's up front alongside a player you guys will know, which is Nucky Wells, who's really enjoying his football at the moment. Him and Conway were playing a lot together last season at uh, reserve team uh, level, so they formed a useful partnership. Just in behind them is uh, Andy Viman, who enjoyed a career best. 22 goals, 10 assists last season. Uh, he's been a bit quiet in uh, recent weeks. I think he might be carrying an injury. And then our super sub off the bench, who may start in place of uh, Conway, just to give the young lad a rest, and that's Antoine Semenyo, another uh, player who's come through the ranks at Bristol City, destined for the top flight. I think he scored four goals, all coming on as a substitute. Powerful player. Uh, he's going to be a problem for most. Both- most uh, teams that he comes up against. How do I think it will go at Turf Moor on Saturday? I take a one-one draw. That would be a great result for uh, us. You guys are probably expecting to beat us. I think you probably might, but uh, a good game in prospect. And uh, let's uh, hope, as always, the best team win. As long as it's us. <laughs>
2: Moving on then, just some match starts ahead of this weekend's fixture. Well, who have we got as a referee? Well, there's going to be another Lancashire official in charge at Turfmore this weekend. After previously being based in Dudley in the West Midlands, it would appear that Oliver Langford is now based in Blackpool and he will take charge of Saturday's match against Bristol City. He has been in the Select 2 group of officials since 2016 and has been referee for seven previous Burnley matches. We lost the first of those goodness me. Uh, 1-0 actually at Doncaster Rovers was that loss and that was way back in February 2011 but Burnley have won four and drawn two of the other six that he's been in charge of. His last Burnley game was our goalless draw against Newcastle United at St James Park in last season's League Cup when Burnley progressed after penalties. He hasn't shown any red cars in his previous seven games involving Burnley so let's hope that that record very much continues. Um, Looking ahead to that game then, uh, Tom, let's start with you. Uh, back, to, back to winning ways, we hope, this weekend?
1: I think it's going to be a really difficult game. We've had a good start at Bristol City. Uh mentioned earlier, you know, they a very open, very attacking. I think the, the game they had on uh, on Wednesday night, it was Norwich 3-2. And that's one of them up. They'll score a lot. They'll concede a lot. I think it'll be an entertaining game. I don't think it'll be one of these teams who come and, and sit in and, and play for a, a 0-0 or a 1-1. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'd like to think that Given their open approach, if we're trading punches, I think we've got more quality in the side, and I like think that we can come out on top. Particularly, I think they're a little bit vulnerable defensively. So if we can take advantage of that, get the first goal, then we could be in for a good afternoon.
4: What about you, George? Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be a bit optimistic as well. Really, I've seen Bristol City play. I saw them against um, Cardiff a few weeks ago, which is obviously the the Tyneside, not Tyneside. It's the the River. River, I don't know, it's the it's the Derby anyway, over on that west coast, west coast country. Um and you know what, Bristol City were decent, but Cardiff weren't all special, I'll tell you that much. So look, I think they're a decent side. I don't think there is anything special. River Ave on that, right? It was the River Ave on Derby. <laughs> I've just plucked it from my head. And um and yeah, I don't think they're a special side. I do think there's vulnerabilities defensively. Cardiff really should have scored when I saw them against against them. And up front, they've got serviceable players, but they haven't got amazing players. They've got, what, Naki Wells, Chris Martin. Remember him? He's still knocking about. So, you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. And I think, like Tom says, we have got the quality to to outdo them if we're going punch for punch. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty optimistic about this. And I think win your home games, draw your ways, and you'll be in standing good stead.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point, is that. Um, I appreciate that this is not going to be great for our audio listeners. So I am going to also put this video out here on Twitter. But what on earth have you got in your hands that you're speaking into? What is that?
4: It's my, it's my microphone, Natalie. This is how I sound so professional every week.
2: Okay, so listeners, I'm going to tweet a picture of this, but it looks like it's... a. Uh... Bowling balls stuck on a stick with a wire at In fact, in you know all those balls that you that you jiggle and ask a question and it, it brings up the little box in the window. It looks like one of those. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It looks like a very young John Watson. Anyway, let's move on. Um Well, yes, indeed. Uh score prediction, please, young Thomas. Uh
1: let's say four two
2: for the big one. <gasps> We're liking the goals this season. Who's gonna score for four for Burnley? Lots of different scorers, one scorer.
1: You're asking me to remember four players now. That's a, a very good point.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know our squad yet. I still don't know who the hell's in it.
1: Uh, let's say uh, Brown Elliott's is our team. Rodriguez getting towards George's 15 goal tally. Teller's got a G1. <laughs> he's not scored for like two games, has he? And then let's pluck, uh, pluck a random one out. Connor Roberts, he's your goal. Connor Roberts.
2: Wow, excellent. What about you, George? How do you think we're going to line up? That's uh, I no, think.
4: I've got finished. I, I think the score will be 4 1. I'm I'm echoing back to that 4 0 win in 2009. But I do think, like, you know, they'll probably score a goal. We're not the best defensively, let's admit it. Uh, so 4 so 1, I'm fancying an opening goal from Jay Rodriguez and then a second goal from, um, I'm fancying Benson to score, you know, I really do like him. And then a third goal from Brownell and then coming off the bench for a debut. Just to, just to round off uh, round off the game to make it 4-1, uh, Dervis Oglu. I'd have liked to see him against Preston, but mm. I think he'll get a run out on Saturday because we've seen so far that company does not wait around to give his player debuts. No, They're it just doesn't. Straight, My in, God. straight into the thick of it. So I think Dervis Oglu to come on and uh, start his Burnley career in fine fashion.
2: Lovely. Well, I'm going to predict something slightly different. And now I do need to put a slight caveat on this, please. In the last week the, the for the Preston game, Something seemed to emerge on Twitter. I didn't think anybody paid any attention to anything I say on the podcast, but it appears that they do. I predicted 4-0. I was very wrong. I predicted 4-0 away at Preston on Tuesday. And one of our most loyal listeners, Andrew Blythe, put a bet on for that one, which very rapidly became known as Bromers Bankers. So I don't even know whether this is going to become a thing. Um, but if we do make this a thing, and I, I... I give people score predictions to bet on. Please gamble responsibly, listeners. I do not encourage this sort of behaviour. Um, but my Bromers Banker this week is going to be 3-1. Don't think we'll score four. Um, I think we'll score three. But I had shared George's concern. I think we will concede a goal. So 3-1, there you go. Um, do let us know, listeners, what your score prediction is going to be. Uh, you can tweet us at none and ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at PreviewShow at NoneAndEver.com Dot net. Um let's leave you with um, D- Dave's stat of the week. Um, we know that we do like to treat us there. So I'm going to hand back over to Dave for his miscellaneous stat of the week.
5: It was reported on Tuesday by the official PNE Police Twitter account that there were 5,644 Burnley fans at Deepdale on Tuesday night. This was the most Burnley had taken to a match at Deepdale so far this millennium, beating the 5,630 who were there for the 1-0 win in April 2016, which was the topic of the memory match of our last preview show. Although I don't have access to reliable figures prior to 2000, I suspect that the biggest Burnley following at Deepdale will be the last match of the 1972-1973 season when the teams drew 1-1 to confirm Burnley winning the second division title.
2: Um, Just before he leaves, actually, Dave has left me a little note for you, Tom, in his um, show notes, in his script, which I need to read out to you here. He said, OK, he hasn't recorded any mention of this, Tom, this is especially for you. If nobody spoke about it earlier in the show then please mention Tom Stat about Greza scoring his two penalties in our Bristol City memory match, one for each of his twin daughters who were celebrating their birthdays. I saw this in our group chat earlier on, and I, not th- I wasn't paying an awful lot of attention to it. What on earth was that?
1: Yeah, I uh, don't know why it sticks in my mind, but I remember that game. Or two, I think we had two wins to get in the playoffs, and um, we were four, you know, two penalties from, from Greza. Do you remember the ITV Coca-Cola Championship highlight show?
2: Oh gosh, yeah, I do remember that.
1: Yeah, I remember that. him being interviewed on there after that, and he and he mentioned that he uh, he, he wanted to get two goals because it was be his twin daughter's birthday on that day. And oh, like leash, so that's when I thought of that game. That's what jumped to mind. So, uh, nice little there you go. Well, well,
2: Dave, Dave definitely did that as well. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of our preview show this week. And actually, we don't have any FPL update for you this week. I think there was uh, we gave an update after the Preston game, and obviously we've got a week missing as well with the, the cancellations at the weekend. So we don't have anything to update you. So do keep going. I think spare a thought for all of us FPL managers who don't have Haaland in our side and now can't get them in our side because it's too expensive, um, because we've basically got no chance. I think those of us who decided that he was going to be rubbish and left him out of our squads, um, yeah, bye-bye any chance of any of our FPL success. But do keep going anyway. Um, and let us know how you are going on um just before we leave you then with quiz of the week um George I think you had something that you wanted to jump in with to leave with our listeners
4: yeah I was just gonna say from a Clarence trust point um hmm. just just a little appeal that if anyone fancies being part of uh, an election management group which you know isn't it isn't uh the, the, the most enthralling of thing to an appeal for. But we are obviously running our AGM uh in a couple of months' time where there'll be elections for positions on the board and we need an election management group to you know run things all by the book and um yeah it would just it would it wouldn't be much of a, a burden to anyone but it'd just be a good way of uh keeping obviously the board at the moment accountable, letting people resign the positions and new people be elected. So just get in touch with me on uh, Twitter at George Puddle or at Clarets Trust and uh, I'll let you know what it's all about. So yeah, nice one.
2: Yeah, lovely. Uh, We are going to be looking forward as well to um, some more regular Clarence Trust updates as we sit down with George and see how that looks like as well, trying to fit that in in our schedule because such an important part and such an important relationship between club and fans and we've, We've got a fantastic opportunity where the chairman of the Clarets Trust is part of Team None and Ever, So we have free access to the chairman. Why are you waving at me, George? What's the matter?
4: And I was also just going to say a little Ah. bit. She just reminded me that there's going to be a meeting between the stand on the long side, guys. uh, I know it's headed by Ian Measures. And also I'll be at the meeting and it's with the club about the uh, standing issue at Turf Moor at the moment. So yeah, there'll be updates to come obviously from that soon.
2: Lovely, lovely. Um, Okay, let's leave our listeners with a quiz question then we can let you lovely lot go. Uh, Dave's quiz question for this week, please, which we are going to need your answers to before next weekend is, to date, only three players have scored more than 40 goals for Burnley in second tier league games since the start of the millennium. Can you name all three as well as the highest scoring opposition player in second tier games against Burnley during the same period. Oof. Well, you know how to submit your answers, listeners, whether that be correct or otherwise. You can tweet us at nonever. actually send us a DM and other people don't know it. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at nonever.net. Um That is all we have time for this week. Um, Do keep an eye out on social media because we have, and we're going to tease you with this, a very exciting announcement heading your way very, very soon. Um, So do keep your eyes peeled because something exciting is happening at noon and ever. In the meantime, my thanks go to everybody who has contributed to get this preview show out there. To my colleagues in the studio, Tom and George, who've given their analysis and looked ahead to that Bristol City game. And of course, the main man himself, Dave Statman-Roberts, for his fantastic input into the stats that we gave to you, essentially. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a pre-usual. Um, finally, to our producer, Matt, who has knitted all of this together and got it out there. Um, our MVP, 100%. Um, final thanks go to you, the listeners, for uh, downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um The analysis show will be back after the Bristol City game, probably on Tuesday, where we'll dissect what happened at the weekend and bring you all the rest of the Clarets news. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of others. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time.